Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Saturday Night Supper Club podcast. This week, we are so honored to welcome special guest speaker Brian Fenimore as he shares his message, The Harvest is Plentiful. Brian speaks out of Luke 10, and his teaching emphasizes the Father heart of God, vision and destiny, and spiritual gift for advancing the Lordship of Christ. You'll hear throughout his sermon that sometimes Brian will take pauses just because he's hearing a word for somebody from the Lord, and he obediently just shares it outright with people. It's so encouraging for us as a group at Supper Club, and I hope that you'll be encouraged by it as well. All right. Um, well, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you grab them, and let's look at a passage here this evening. Go with me to Luke chapter 10. The, we live in an interesting day, don't we? Uh, a decade ago, you said, now grab your Bibles, and people pulled out this paper Bible, and we'd turn it through the pages. Now everyone just grabs this. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Where, where are we at? Um, what I'm going to do is we're going to look at some stuff here in uh, Luke chapter 10. But before we do, Paul already prayed for me, but I want to pray for how we receive the word. Would you just join me for a moment? Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the impact of your word. I ask that it would go forth tonight and accomplish what you want to do with it. We've come here to hear from you, and so um, cause us to hear. We thank you for this time, Lord. You really are good. Your mercy does endure forever. And each person has come here expecting an encounter with you. Meet them and let your embrace be around them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to start in verse 2 specifically. Now, um, when we get to this passage, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we could uh, focus on here, but... You know, before this, Jesus had sent the 12 out, and he gave them instructions, and he said, now uh, go and preach the gospel and heal the sick and drive out demons and raise people from the dead. And then when we get here to Luke chapter 10, this is 70 other disciples, and he's given them the same instruction. But for years, I actually didn't actually recognize what the passage was focusing on. He is sending out the 70 in this passage, but it starts out by him making a statement that I want us to look at here. It says this. And he said to him, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandal, and greet no one on the road. And whatever house you enter, say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Now, in this very short passage, there are... Jesus is sending out the 70, but the way Luke is describing it is Jesus is is now making a statement about the harvest. And when he's making this statement, I actually didn't realize that this is the only place in the gospel where he ever makes a statement about the harvest. Isn't that interesting? So out of all the gospel, all the teaching, everything that's going on, this is the only time Jesus talks about the harvest and what the harvest actually looks like. Now, you'd say, well, that's great, but what is that supposed to mean? Well, When we talk about this idea of the harvest, this is very important on the timetable of the Lord and what he's doing in human history. In fact, the term for harvest is very important because it carries the connotation and the idea of an ingathering. And so there's an ingathering going on, and Jesus is making a statement about this ingathering, and it's really fascinating what he says. He says, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. And so here he's sending out the 70 now, And they're supposed to do what the 12 did, preach the gospel, heal the sick, drive out demons, raise people from the dead. Um, And what's interesting is when he says the harvest is plentiful, 
but the labors are few, beseech the Lord of the harvest, the, there's a couple things that we want to pull from that. The idea of plentiful uh, in the original language, just to give you an idea, means there's so much harvest that the, the workers that are doing it now can't even gather in what is being produced. And so that means historically the Holy Spirit is doing such a dynamic work in human history that he's preparing people. He doesn't have enough people to gather him in. And when he said uh, he was the Lord of the harvest, that actually points to the fact that not only is he saying the harvest is ready, he's intentionally over the harvest, which means he's going to send each one of you out and it's going to be this incredible dynamic of reaching your family, your community, his specific way because he's the Lord of it. And then when he says, now beseech the Lord of the harvest, that, uh, it's interesting. That's an interesting translation. It actually means beg until it happens. Most people beg, and I'm supposed to stand before God and beg that workers would come until this dynamic happens? And that's actually what Jesus is saying. In fact, when we look at it, it, it carries the idea that what God is doing in human history as we get closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not diminishing his work, he's increasing his work. And so the kingdom of God is growing in every generation, and Jesus is trying to grab more people to come into the work of the kingdom of God. And he's saying, I want us, that's us, to pray that the workers will actually be sent out and in the field. So let's answer this, and can, can you guys imagine, I'm not even getting into the passage of what I want to talk about yet, but we need to understand this. When he said uh, he wants labor sound into the field, what, did he, what was he talking about? Well, there's a couple things I want us to look at when he says that. First one is this. Um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 19, not only do we have Jesus describing what the, the 12 are supposed to be doing and the 70 are supposed to do, which we know is preaching the gospel, healing the sick, driving out demons, and raising people from the dead. You guys ready? That's normal Christianity. Now, we might be in a culture that doesn't experience normal, but because the culture doesn't experience normal, that doesn't mean we can't go back to normal. And so that's normal Christianity. But in Acts chapter 2, we have another statement being made about the end times. And it says this. Now think about it. The harvest, the end times. They're being pulled together now as we have the New Testament exploding into human history. So it says, in the last days, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, I'm sure you guys really want me to take time. We're not here to talk about dreams and vision, but I want you to catch that phrase, old men will dream dreams. Okay, now, that does not mean what most people translate it to mean. It doesn't mean that you have visions until you're 30, and then because you're too old, you start having dreams. That's not what it's talking about. It's trying to say in the Old Testament, who had the Spirit of the Lord resting on? Priests, kings, and prophets, basically. Now in the New Testament, it's being poured on all flesh. There are all supposed to be people that hear from the voice of the Lord, have visions, and that term dream dreams is really interesting because it's using both words of the word for dream in the Bible. So there's two ways that the word dream is used in Scripture. One is called a vision at night. So you go to sleep and the Lord speaks to you. That's called a dream. And we actually use the other phrase in our culture all the time. Someone gets to go on a dream vacation or they get a new pair of clothes, they go, that's a dream come true. Now that actually comes out of the scripture. Do you guys realize when you have a hope for the future and you start living out of that, that's called a dream from God's heart. And he's saying right here, when the harvest is going on, 
God's going to give dreams of dreams to people, which means he's going to come to them and he's going to speak to them while they're asleep of something they don't even see on the human existence, and they're going to start believing God to see that transformation happen in their lives. God's going to give dream. old men are going to dream dreams. Now, with that being said, now we're going to get to the fun part of the passage. Look with me. Let's go back and look at this real quick. All right, Jesus comes to him and he says, now, uh, verse 3, Behold, go your way. I'm sending you out in the lamb in the midst of wolves. Uh, I ask people all the time, what do you think this actually means? And people point out to me, well, this means that you're a lamb and Jesus is going to send you in the midst of wolves and they're just going to tear you apart. Um, it, that, that's not actually what it means. It means that people of the kingdom have such a different nature that there will be a stark contrast between you and people that don't know the Lord. You're, you're just a completely different, and Jesus is using it, you're just a completely different animal. Isn't that amazing? That's why uh, the people of the kingdom are supposed to be unique on the earth because they're of a totally different nature. And then Jesus actually comes into the passage and he says, now, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to take money with you. I don't want you to take a sleeping bag. I don't want you to take a suitcase. The, the laborer is worth his wages. And right here, just so you guys know how fun this is, He's saying that the work of the kingdom is supposed to have the miraculous connected to it when it comes to provision. Isn't that interesting? So he's trying to teach him how faith works by telling him, I'm giving you no resources, get out there and do it, and when you go do it, you'll see the kingdom meet you and take care of every one of your needs. Isn't that amazing? And I always ask people, don't you guys like having God mess with your money? <laughs> and by the way, I, I just, I don't know who I'm saying this to this evening, but sometimes God actually pulls money away from you so that you'll get reinvigorated with your vision again and start going for it so you can release a greater sense of uh, blessing in the arena of wealth in your life. Because some people don't manage money the way they need to. Jesus has to pull it away and then say, get back to what I've created you to do. And when you do, the resources get released again. Um, I don't think that's for you, but I feel like I need to tell you this. The favor of the Lord's actually resting on you specifically in the arena of business, and that's because the Lord has called you to be a leader in that arena. And what's going to happen is the favor of the Lord is going to come to you in that area. And what's going to happen is the Lord is going to open opportunities for you to connect with other businessmen because he wants to bring the kingdom into the political area, and he's going to use you as a catalyst to do that. So can I pray for the Lord to do that in your life? So, Father, I ask that you'd come near your son right now. I ask that you would bless him with that. Cause him to have favor. Open doors that no man can shut. And I ask that the goodness of the Lord would rest on him. And Father, I ask that your blessing would be upon him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, now look at, look at verse 5 with me. This is where, it, I mean, I just, when I started looking at this and studying it, I got so, now I don't know if you guys do this, but I look at passages and start reading it, and you've read them for years, and when Jesus gives you a new insight, I don't know if you guys do like I do, I feel like I'm a kid that's been released into a candy shop. It's like, yes! <laughs> uh, I just get really excited when the Lord shows me this stuff. I don't know if you guys do that, but anyways, look at verse 5. It says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. Well, what is he trying to get across here? Well, what he's doing now is he's just said that uh, there's this humongous harvest and he wants you to actually become skilled in the arena of how the harvest works. Now, right here when he says, when you enter a house, say, peace be to this house, if a son of peace is there. Do you guys, have you guys ever heard any teaching on what a son of peace is? 
in some translations, it's a person of peace, a son of peace, a son of harmony. It actually means there can be a person that doesn't know the Lord, and when you do the work of the kingdom, they're attracted to you, but they don't know why, and it shows they're ready to come into the kingdom. But I don't want to miss that point. I want to back up. Jesus says, now when you enter a house, say to this house, peace be to this house. Now, how many of you, uh, I for years used to think that word peace meant Jesus just wants to settle the room. Have you guys, it's like Jesus, he knows there's chaos in every house you go into. So you walk in the house and you say, peace. And it's supposed to just quiet everything down. And I'm telling you, I just thought that's what the passage meant. Didn't even think anything about it. I looked at the word peace in this passage. And it's not the word for absence of conflict. It's uh, Iran. Uh, sounds interesting. And it's a Greek word that means join to wholeness. It follows the Hebrew word for shalom. Okay, now, most people don't understand what the word shalom means, so let's drive this home. <laughs> most people think shalom means peace. It does. But here's how we arrive at the word peace. It means wholeness and prosperity in every area of your life that satisfies you so deeply, the byproduct of it is peace. Okay, let's say it again. <laughs> what is shalom? Wholeness and prosperity in every area of your life that satisfies you so deeply, it produces peace. Now, look at that. Jesus is taking that Old Testament concept, and he's saying, now, when you walk in a house, you say, peace be to this house, you're asking for the wholeness and prosperity of everything in the kingdom to rest on that house. Okay, now, catch this in the passage. That's what's already resting on you right now in the kingdom. That's why he said, if you say peace to this house and then they don't receive it, it comes back on you. Guess how the Holy Spirit is resting on you right now. Wholeness and prosperity in every area of your life, the Lord is ministering that to you right now in any area that doesn't line up with that, that's where he's ministering to you. And that actually means that when we get among people, you're going to find out why they talk to you about the things they do. Do you guys, I was uh, in a group in Minnesota, I was asking them a question. Have you ever gone somewhere and a person just walks up to you, just like Paula said, and they start telling you all your problems, and you're just looking at them like, where is this coming from? Um, sometimes, I, sometimes I get tired of doing ministry, just to show you what life is like, and I actually try to ignore people because I know if I just kind of walk into a place, God's going to attract someone to me that senses this resting on me, and then he's going to want me to minister to him. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys, so do you realize that that's going, so get this, they don't even perceive it, but they can sense it. That's the idea of the lamb that Jesus was talking about. So when we talk about what is your nature, we always say, well, it's the Holy Spirit living on you, but there's more to it. How is the Holy Spirit resting on you as you're walking about your everyday life? God is ministering to you in one specific area. His wholeness is around you all the time, but the area that you're not receiving wholeness, that's where he's ministering to you at. When you come into a room and you say, let peace be over this person or peace be in this house, any area that they don't have wholeness, God will come to them and begin to show his wholeness to them and it will attract them to want to meet him. And that actually means that's where we connect with people, where God is coming to them and saying, do you want wholeness? And, and I used to sit around for years trying to figure out, well, how do you figure out where God is ministering to that person? So it, it, we actually make it harder than it is. It's actually quite simple. Jesus says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. 
So when I come in proximity of people, what they bring up in their heart and they begin to talk to me about is where God is bringing his wholeness and saying, do you want wholeness in that area of your life? And they tell it to you because they don't know how to connect with the Lord. Isn't that, now think about that. Isn't that incredible? So that means right now in your life, this, we're talking about the harvest, but that means right now in your life, there's some aspect of God's wholeness is ministering to you. Now, if you understand that, when you and I get around people, since God is doing this in our lives, all we have to do is turn to him and go, where are you ministering wholeness to that person? And watch where the Lord speaks to that. And then we begin to minister in that area because that's where they feel felt need. Let's keep working on this. How does this work? So like, I'm sitting there during worship, and I don't know if you guys do this, but um, when I'm in meetings, whether I'm speaking or not, I sit in worship, and I know worship, in my opinion, is loving a father and responding back and forth. So some of the worship I'm singing to him, other parts of worship I'm waiting for him to love me or speak to me or embrace me, whatever he's doing. And I'm sitting there during worship, and I'm going like, well, what's going on here in the room? I mean, where is your wholeness? Where, where is it at? All right, and, I, and now I have to tell you guys, just so you already know this, before I came here, they asked me to do certain things, so obviously when I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, you need to talk to me here because they asked me to do this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever talked to the Lord about this stuff. Anyways, and so um, I saw the Lord, actually, um, I saw a scene where the Paula was sitting in a chair in her house, just kind of studying the Bible and doing her thing, and I watched Jesus walk up to her and poke her on the shoulder. And when he poked her, all of a sudden, he started whispering in her ear, and what happened is her heart started enlarging in a new measure that she's never experienced before. And then I saw her going from what she was reading in scripture, just writing at, at a really fast pace. And as I'm watching him uh, do that to her, I'm saying, well, what are you doing? And I hear him say, well, what I'm doing is I'm going to re release a book out of uh, Paula's heart on a journey of healing for women. And then as he started saying that to me, I saw her walk over to a creek, and the creek was dry, and all of a sudden I saw her kind of kick the creek like that, and water started coming out of the creek. And I'm looking at that going, well, what is that? And he goes, well, that's a new river of grace that's being released in her life right now. And it's a grace, uh, not what she's doing now here, but it's a new grace that God's given her specifically. And when she sat up there and said, oh, yeah, I was on staff in women's ministry, God's going back to that river again. It's been actually dusted off, and God's going to really pour his spirit on that, and it's going to start in a trickle, and then it's going to become a mighty raging river in her life. The ministry of healing she's going to have towards women. And so can I pray for you about that? Okay, so <laughs> kind of put your hands out like it's Christmas. Here we go. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Father, just release your power and your presence and your Father's embrace over her. And we come into agreement with you, Lord, put your hand on her heart again and cause it to expand, uh, awaken, refresh, and envision her again. And something that isn't, cause it to become what it needs to be. You're the one that can create something out of nothing. Cause her heart to grow in revelation and the experience of wholeness and having people connect to wholeness. And this thing with women, I it's not going to not have men, but this thing that's going to start with women, we just bless that. We say, let it come forth. 
And I ask that you just catch her and surprise her by what you're going to do, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right. <laughs> okay, well, let's go back to the passage, okay? So Jesus says, Shalom is resting on you. You're to pr- uh, And catch that, it's very important. He says you actually have to learn to say this when you go into places. Do you remember in the early vineyard movement, we used to learn this thing. We did it. I remember one time John Weber says, now look, when you walk in a situation, say, I just command the peace of the Lord to come into this situation. You remember that? I wonder if they ever knew this is what this was all about. But I used to do that uh, a lot of times when there's stress or an anxiety in my house, I literally walk through my house and proclaim, I just command the peace of the Lord to come in the house. And you can just tell a difference when you do that. Now, this is important. There's a part of walking with God where you have to follow his example. And he says you need to get accustomed to inviting peace everywhere you go. It's, in a way, a way to proclaim God's goodness in every situation so that the Lord will grip people's hearts and draw them towards the harvest. Now, we don't use the word harvest a lot of our culture. We would say, well, draw them to the Lord or draw them to knowing who Jesus is, but this is what he's doing. He says they're already ready, but you get to be the laborers, and so I want to make it easy on you. Proclaim wholeness and proclaim peace, and I'll bring them to you. Isn't that good? And then he says, if they don't receive it, it will return to you. So you guys ready? The same thing it's ministering to you, will start ministering to them. If they're not paying attention, God will just say, well, because they're not paying attention, I'll just start ministering to you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you guys caught that inference. Okay, so now why is that so important? Because if you're going to be faithful in doing what he says, he says he's going to be faithful in what he said. He said that he's going to bring if you proclaim shalom and people don't receive it, he says he's going to bring it back upon you. Which actually means that it's a form of obedience that's going to be a, a breakthrough in your life. I don't know, uh, in the early days when we used to pray for the sick, I, I, I remember this, I had a certain level of my life where I wasn't whole, and um, God did all this work in me, and then he told me, well, now you have to actually start ministering to people. And I'm like, well, no, Jesus, I want to kind of sit around and get my complete healing. And he just said, well, the complete healing is going to come when you get out there and start serving people. So I had to start praying for people. You know how hard that is to be broken and trying to pray for people, and they get a breakthrough, and you're going, well, where's mine? Uh, seriously, I just got over this a week ago. So, it, you know, um, now... When we do that, when you're doing the thing that God commands you to do, because of just walking in what he calls you to do, there's always an increase and a receptive response from the Holy Spirit as you follow him in this stuff. There are a lot of times where I'm ministering to people, and as I watch Jesus minister to them, the Lord is coming and touching me in an area of my life that I'm longing for by just doing it. We were, um, we were doing a healing ministry up at... Uh, John and Lee and Cliff and I were just got done doing a healing service up in Denver, and we went to Chipotle. Isn't that where you go after you do a healing service? Is Chipotle? <laughs> we we did Chipotle, and um, we were there. And I, I wanted to buy those guys dinner, right? So I got I went through the line first, and I ordered my quesadilla. Which have you guys ever gotten a quesadilla there? They burn it and then they put it back there, and it usually takes longer than everything else. And we happened to be the only people in the the restaurant. And um, I'm standing there kind of with a credit card waiting to pay for it, and they're deciding that they've made new things on the menu, so they're, they're jabbing it in there and handing Lee forks of new stuff, and so she's eating forks of new food while we're waiting for my quesadilla, 
And I'm standing there and I'm like, well, this is kind of boring. And so I look at the, the person that's going to wait on me. And I, I just look at him and I thought, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to just ask the Lord if he has anything for this person. But he probably doesn't because we just did a whole night of healing and he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I look at her and I said, well, okay, Lord, do, is there something you want to say to me about her? And, um, you know, God is always working in people's lives. He, he just, in a fatherly way, came and said, yeah, Brian, um, she loves music. In fact, she, she writes music, and she loves music. And I thought, oh, man, the Lord actually responded back to me. I've got to do something with this. <laughs> and so I said, really, if that's you, Lord, tell me what her motivational gift is. He said, okay, well, her motivational gift is serving. And he said, in fact, as she understands what I'm going to be doing in life, I'm going to take this gift of music and this gift of serving, and I'm going to wet them together, and she's going to start playing music, and a healing anointing is going to come out of her and start ministering to people. Now, after he told me that, I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And then this shock came to me. He goes, now share that with her. I thought, oh, man. <laughs> so you've got to understand, as a man doing ministry, okay, you want to look cool. All right? I mean, is important. And so I'm standing there trying to think, how do I introduce this in a cool way? And I couldn't think of anything. It was really frustrating. And so I just thought, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just looked at her. I said, hey, um, you really like music, don't you? In fact, you write music and you love spending time playing music, don't you? And she goes, well, how in the world did you know that? Now, right after I said that to her, the Holy Spirit, now this is a person that does not know the Lord, tangibly came on her and she starts crying, and I'm looking at her like, whoa, here we go. And <laughs> as the Lord is touching her, I can feel the Father's embrace coming back to my own heart. And all of a sudden, something I was struggling with during the day, I'm sitting there going, you wanted me to say this to her? Why are you ministering to me? This is really difficult. And so when she, she, I said that to her, I said, uh, she goes, how did you know any of that? And I said, well, it's not really important, but let me tell you something else. <laughs> I said, you also have a motive. You love serving people. It just makes your heart happy when you serve people. And she goes, yeah, how in the world do you know that? And I said, well, what's important <laughs> is that this thing and this other gift, the God is actually going to bring this together later on in your life, and there's going to be this healing thing that's going to go on in your life, and, and you're just going to bless a lot of people in your life. And right when I got done saying that to her, the Spirit of the Lord came on her again, and, she's, and it was so tangible and she had never experienced before that she was actually doing this, trying to figure out what was around her. I mean, it was kind of interesting. No one else was in the restaurant except us. And we're watching her do this, and she's crying. And I said, now look, that, there's a God of love, and he wants you to know that about your life. I said, what do you think about that? And she goes, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> so I shared it with her. I thought, well, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, um, I've already said everything, so I'll go ahead and just pay for my meal. So I pay for my meal, and I go over to talk to John. We're, we're getting our, our um, lemonade. And uh, Lee walks up to me. This Lee walks up to me, and she goes, I, I don't think you're done. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, I think the, the Lord's trying to bring her into the kingdom. I think you need to go back over there and lead her to the Lord. And I said, well, Lee, why do I have to do everything? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you go over there and do that? So Lee goes, okay. And she, she just walks over there. And John and I are standing there uh, drinking our lemonade, and I, I have this secret belief system that women are better evangelists than men are. That's just my own. I've watched women do ministry. They're just so much better at it than guys are. I mean, seriously, but anyways. <laughs> um, 
Lee walks over there, and they're just talking to each other, and John and I are looking, I wonder what they're saying to each other, and Lee's talking to her, and then they're both crying, and then they're hugging each other, and then they're writing notes to each other, and then Lee comes back, and I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, I just walked up to her and said, you know, did you understand what he was saying to you? And she goes, well, no, I don't, and Lee said, well, something, uh, and she said it this morning, I'm getting it wrongly, but she said something like, well, um, that was Jesus, and he was inviting you to come into his family. And she goes, well, I don't know how to do that. And so Lee kind of explained something about her own. She goes, uh, she was talking about she was unworthy of it. And so Lee explained her own life and then said, you don't have to be perfect. You're being invited to come into a loving family. She goes, well, I want that. And she accepted the Lord right there while we were at uh, Chipotle. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's a great testimony, but why am I telling you that? The whole time I'm watching her be encountered by a loving God, I feel the embrace of God coming over me at the same time and a lot of times a lot of us when we pray for people or we do ministry we feel clumsy while we're doing it and we're missing the the joy of it there's this encounter for both the person doing it and the person receiving it you get to see a part of God in each person that he ministers to wholeness come to that person and it just delights them and it's and you guys ready you were created to see the wholeness of God touch people so that it will awaken your heart to the love of God. That is good, isn't it? <laughs> I agree, amen. <laughs> All right, so let's keep going on. So Bob and Janet, here's something for you guys. So I actually watched, I actually watched the Lord walk up to you. I was amazed you said something about your daughter-in-law. I actually watched the, watched the Lord walk up to you and hand you an envelope. And you guys ripped the envelope open, and then you both started jumping up and down full of excitement. And do you think I ought to leave it at that and just go on with the rest of the night? <laughs> and so uh, they turned the envelope around, and I'm reading the envelope, and it said, your dream has come true. Now, what does that have to do with? The minute I read the envelope, your dream has come true, I saw their son walking towards me, and Jesus said, it applies to him. So there's something they've been waiting for the Lord to do in their son's life, and the Lord is saying he's given you an envelope telling you your dream is going to come true with him. So can I pray for you guys about that? <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, come and get Bob and Janet. Not in a loving way, but a really aggressively loving way. Get them. <laughs> Bring your power and your presence around them right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that your father's embrace would just the years that they've sought you, the years they've prayed for what's going on in their son's life, um, just wash that with the Father's goodness right now. And I ask that you would be with them, that you would strengthen both of them by the power of your might. And that, that envelope that being open, I ask that you would just catch them off guard with your goodness and just shock them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, now I'm not going to stop there. Am I running out of time? Okay. Um, uh, we've ruined dinner. Are you guys okay with that? I'm going to kind of ruin dinner for everybody. But um, see see how just here we're doing it? See how God's wholeness comes to people and it just touches them? How many of you have actually felt the love of God as I was just sharing with them? See, that's God's wholeness coming towards you. He's wanting you to learn how to drink it in and let it have the effect it's supposed to have. Um, would you stand for a moment? Your name? Juliana. Thank you. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you put your hands out like you're going to receive a gift?
okay, um, Holy Spirit, come. So I think I was sitting down, and again, I just watched the Lord walk over and kind of just point at you, and I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing here? And he, he was showing me that you also have this um, anointing of a shepherd's heart. There's a shepherd heart anointing that's actually resting on you. And um, the Lord's actually going to increase his grace in your life for that area specifically because God is wanting to bring young people and also women to you too for you to, <laughs> for you to shepherd them. And so, Lord, I ask that you would increase that, uh, that power and that grace in our life right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, uh, he wants me to give you a promise now. You are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, okay? It's not waiting in the by and by. It's not in eternity. You're going to see it in your lifetime, okay? And so can I pray for you? You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in your daughter's life. And that you would strengthen her by your might. Now, these things that you say that bring hope to us, I mean plant and impart hope to her. Let her walk with expectation of the good things that you're going to do in her life. And I just command the blessing of the Father on her right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. All right, let's, let's move into this area, okay? Um, <laughs> if you have pain in your left foot, because the Lord told me someone here was dealing with pain in their left foot. Okay, would you stand for a moment? Anyone else pain in their left foot? Please stand and stand. Um, and you don't have to really do anything, just receive. So could you put your hands out like you're receiving a gift? Um, now, I want you guys, uh, a lot of times when we pray for people, everybody does what they've been taught. I want everyone just to watch, okay? You don't have to do this or, you know, swing on something. Just watch, okay? <laughs> All right. That's, that's for your enjoyment's sake. All right. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and bring your healing power and presence over their bodies? In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I just command the pain to stop right now in the name of the Lord. I command it to lift off. And I ask, Lord, that you would restore life back into their feet right now. Now just come right now in the name of Jesus. Let your blessing rest on them, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We're going to wait just a few more minutes. Lord, I bless your name. Thank you, good. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Thank you for your goodness. And, and really, that inflammation that's even around this area of their foot, uh, it almost feels like heat and it's prickly. I just break the power of that right now in the name of Jesus. And I just command that to stop. Now, restore strength to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So, sir, would you stay standing? I know, I know it's kind of scary. <laughs> Again, put your hands out. Here we go. Um, so... There's something really interesting going on in your life, too. You, you have a leadership gift on you uh, that the Lord's trying to call you towards, and it's to actually uh, call men to become godly. You, you, there's literally a call on you to call men to become godly. And, and it's, it takes the, the form of kind of shepherding, but it's more than that. It has an evangelistic anointing behind it. God's going to put you in really unusual places to be a standard bearer of his kingdom and what it actually looks like to be a godly man in a world that has fallen. All right, so can I pray for you about that? Holy Spirit, bring your power over your son. Let him walk in the good things that you have for him, Lord. Now, Lord, as he walks in the things that you have, I ask that the strength of your kingdom would come over him, uh, the power of the gospel, 
would be with him, and I ask that you would awaken his voice to speak your words to people. And I just thank you for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Is this your wife right next to you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, while I was standing there looking at him, he wanted me to tell you this. You're growing a lot in, um, oh, you're going to even stand. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're already starting to experience the voice of the Lord, but the, I just saw the Lord walk up to you and, in a sense, just blow on top of you and say, you're going to increase in dreams and visions from the Lord. So, can I p- pray for that release? So this thing that's going on in her life right now, Lord, where you're going to cause an expectation to come forth of her hearing you. I, I just command that to come forth right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you for what you're doing in her life. Now awaken her to hear and see the things of the kingdom. Also, I feel like the Lord wants me to challenge you with this. He's trying to get your attention to believe that he can do miracles in your life. And so he's going to challenge you with that, okay? And so, Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. All right. um, The Lord was showing me that someone was having spasms in the middle of their back. Who is that? Spasms in the middle of their back. No one is having spasms. Do I need to make someone have a spasm (laughs) in the middle of their back? Okay, you're a spaz. Uh, Anyone? Now, what it was is, uh, I don't want to explain your anatomy, but you have this thing called a trapezius muscle, and it starts way up here, goes over here, and it goes right down to the middle of your back. And I actually saw the right trapezius muscle, right where it connected to the spine, spasming on somebody. Who is that? Okay, well, that's fine. Oh, well, let's go for it. <laughs> Please stand. Thank you. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Let's bring your power in your presence. Bring your power, Lord. Now, Lord, grab his spine right now in the name of Jesus and just move it back into wholeness right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your goodness rest on your son. I thank you for what you're doing right now, Lord, uh, and specifically uh, the vertebrae, move them right now in the name of Jesus and just bring wholeness back to his spine in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, that's the Lord. Lord, I bless what you're doing. More power, more of your presence. I thank you for your goodness. Um, So God's encountering your back, but he's also doing something else inside of you, and you also have a leadership gift in your life, and and he's trying to grow you in the arena of wisdom specifically. And so God is going to bring hard cases to you specifically to help them work out their promises because there's a work going on in your life where you're going to be able to help the weary and the broken, and that's part of the calling that's actually resting on you. So can I pray for you about that? So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this man's life. I ask that you would release him. Give him grace. Show him how words of wisdom work. Cause your presence to come around him. And I just command the blessing of the Father upon him right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, last one. Is anyone having problems with breathing? Because I was standing there in worship, and I mean, I'm like, oh, who is this? I was about to collapse. Anyone struggling with asthma or breathing problems? Is that you, Bob? Okay, please stand. Anyone else? Breathing problems? Yeah, please stand. If you have it, you might as well stand up. Okay. Oh, you're standing. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I'm sorry you guys have this, but thank you for standing. Please put your hands out. I know it's going to be hard for you, but um, all right. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Bring your healing power and presence over their lungs. In the name of Jesus. Okay, I don't know who this is, but... Uh, 
that statement that's been spoken over you that you just have to live with this, this is what it's like to be part of your family, or a physician has said to you, this is just the way it is, I break the power of those words right now. And I ask the Holy Spirit that you would come into their lungs right now in the name of Jesus and bring wholeness back to their breathing, uh, specifically in their bronchial tubes, just awaken wholeness back into this part of their body right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, you cause things that are not to be as they are. Cause them to have full restoration of their breathing capacity and give them your blessing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty one. I just bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Um, you're just about to sit down, but real quick, I need to pray for you. You have a gift of serving, and that's going to be one of the things that God is going to use for you to have uh, an invitation to connect with people and draw people into the kingdom. Are you aware of that? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So can I pray for you about that? So Holy Spirit, come right now and just cause this, this serving gift that you're going to bring your anointing on, even in a greater measure, just let it come so that people will uh, know you and the goodness of who you are, Lord. I just bless what you're doing in her life right now in the name of Jesus. Now, I ask that you would restore hope, give peace to her, and let her walk in the strength of your authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As always, Thank you so much for listening to the SNSC podcast. Brian Fenimore is the founder of Plumline Ministries, and you can find more information about him and hear more of his messages at plumlinem.com. Here at Supper Club, we care so much about community. If you're ever in the Castle Rock, Colorado area, we would love for you to stop by. We meet every Saturday night, and we have fellowship, worship, an amazing message from one of these speakers, and we always share a free meal. For more information, go to SaturdayNightSupperClub.org. Have a great week.